right, here we are again, episode 31. It's going to be a good one, folks. You're going to want to strap in to your seats. We're going to, we're going to get into some good shit today. Something I'm pretty excited about, and we'll announce that in a second. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's, in, I'm fucking with this mic over here. I'm sorry, everything's in the way. Let's introduce ourselves. It's Mike and Matt, as you fucking know. We are joined by no guests. We're going to remain, that's going to remain consistent throughout this, the entirety of this show. If you ever push for getting a guest, I'm just going to quit. Yeah, I just quit. Oh, if I ever push for a guest? Yes. <laughs> Fine. You want another person? You can have another person. You can have another person. You're losing me. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's Matt and Mike again. And we are, we're, we're, uh, we're doubling, doubling down on this rum and coke idea because it was so delicious last time that we're, uh, we're running it back. And last time was Appleton Estate, and it's I think it's better than this. I got some cheap shit. It's called Cruzan Nine Spice Rum. It's a good it's a good mm-hmm. mixer. Got to mix it. Yeah, I would say it's not as good. I can't tell you exactly why. It's not as smooth. But um, I'm usually into whiskey and coke, and yeah. I'm liking this rum and coke now. Yeah, that's what you mentioned. I might have to get back into a little bit of whiskey, but um, not a lot. I haven't been drinking much whiskey at all. Hardly ever. I think I've had it a couple times in the last month or two. I, it just was not making... I wasn't feeling great. No, I'm kind of... I've been sticking with uh, once a week, usually when we podcast yeah. with the uh, hard stuff. Yep. As they say, everything in moderation, even moderation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, go. you can't forget that last part. You can't forget the last part. But uh, yes, yes. So here we are, episode 31. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a good topic for you today. I had two ideas for today. The first one, which we nixed, was uh, Eric Metaxas and Franklin Graham took this picture of, like, children's books that Eric Metaxas wrote. And if you don't know Eric Metaxas, he is a really, really shitty historian (laughs) who did this Bonhoeffer biography that was... Uh, well, it's a swing in the miss. I mean, it's like a big swing in the miss and he got skewered rightfully. So by Bonhoeffer scholars, but now he's writing a children's book, two of them, from what I understand, Donald drains the swamp and Donald builds a wall. (laughs) And he and Franklin Graham took this picture together and like, yeah, thumbs up. And then I threw up in my mouth and wanted to quit life. So is it basically just Trump? Propaganda? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, But in children's story, it's got like a cartoon Donald, mm-hmm. and he's in better shape on the cartoon than he is in real life, and he looks <laughs> better, and his hair is better. And, mm-hmm. But it's a cartoon version of Trump, and but it's I, I ex- haven't read it. <laughs> I will say. I didn't buy it for my daughter. No, no, no. In a certain state of mind, I would love to read it. Oh, yes. Accidental humor? Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's it's yeah. just trying to explain why Donald Trump is such a spiritual guy. Why he's like, you know. The best thing that happened to America. Goat. Yeah. Yeah. America has been made great again, and America will be kept great again. Yeah, thus, yeah, keep America great. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> so, I fully endorse, if you love dick, be on a dick, but they are definitely on Trump's dick. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your thing, like fucking go for it. But these people are on it, or up his these, ass, or <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever. To use on. the analogy, though, they are deep up his ass, deep on his dick, and they couldn't give a f- <laughs> they couldn't give a fuck about the real Jesus. They got a different kind of Jesus. They're preaching, and it's a white American evangelical Jesus, and they're all aligning with it. It's really fucking crazy. But I didn't want to talk about that today. <laughs> Right, so right, we have a different that's topic. That, that was yeah. one of the ideas, and I was like, "No, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm not going to spend an hour talking about this anymore." We could, but I don't want to. I don't want to dignify dignify the the subject too much. I shared it on Facebook for the picture of Franklin Graham in the Texas with the two books, and I'll, I didn't say anything. I just put hashtag gospel. <laughs> nice. Yeah, people were angry. They had a lot, a lot of angry emojis showed up on my on my wall and i know they weren't really angry at me like they know i'm being sarcastic and <laughs> no they're ang- cynical <laughs> they're angry at the book right yeah hopefully oh yeah yeah yeah. right 
So that's good. I'm sure I have a, a couple. I know I have some people who follow me on Facebook who are Trump supporters. Are they just hate following you? Because I know there's a some couple that I do that with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate follow people on Twitter. I follow I, I follow the Don. I follow um yeah, yeah I follow Hagee. I follow Piper. May, uh, well, I don't know if it's Piper. It's Piper's Desiring God. So it's I think it's you know Piper's whole group blog thing. I hate follow some shit. And I comment every now and then just a troll. It is fun to be a troll every now and then. But um, I think some people do follow and like what I say a lot of times, but they still follow Trump, which I I find that peculiar. It's weird. I don't get it. But I I hate to put people in a box. Me too. Yeah, I don't I, I don't like to do it. Like I I have a <laughs> I have a friend who is gay and a homosexual. Which She's just gay seems, and a homosexual. Which seems weird. I mean, <laughs> I mean, given gays aren't the same thing as transgenders, sure. And Trump doesn't have the best record with transgenders. No, but it's just a weird com- combination, and I don't. Yeah, gaysfortrump.com. Like, it just sounds weird to me. Like, I, I bet they have a small minority. It would be yeah, it's weird when you. <laughs> We have LGBTQ plus for Trump. Mainly because I guess I would I would assume that you're a liberal if you're yeah if you're a homosexual right. Um, but that's just a big assumption. I mean, right. Yeah, I, I a lot of people follow me. If a lot of gay people follow me, which I appreciate. Like I feel like most of them see me as like I'm, I'm on your team. Like I'm trying or LGBT. Mm-hmm. I have some trans people who follow me too, and some bi people and some lesbians, of course. Um, and they're not they're not a monolith. Like they disagree with each other a lot. But it's but it's weird when any of <laughs> or black people even, like when they're like blacks for right. Trump, black folks for Trump. I'm like Okay. Well, I, most of my black friends are like, No, no, come on. And then there's just like a very small handful. There's I mean there's always gonna be that, I think. There's always gonna be that anomaly. You know? And you're like <laughs> Well be- talk to a black dude today who's like he's gay and he's for Trump. I'm just like, Oh wow. This is an interesting dude. This is an interesting combination. I'm not sure I get that. Uh, I'm not black, but I imagine if I was, like, pretty sure I would not be for Trump. (laughs) Which, yeah, no, I mean, that's why I'm so curious. Like, wow, really? Yeah. Really? (laughs) You are are a very small minority. That's not a bad thing, but... (laughs) Like, that is a... No, again, I feel bad that I put people in a box like that. Sure. But... Yeah. I just don't get the Trump thing. I don't get the. I mean, it's almost like when I when I and I swear we're not going to talk about the whole time about this picture. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I were talking about it earlier. I've ta- I was talking about it with Keith Giles too. It's almost like when you see this kind of stuff online, where you're like, oh, "This this biographer is like writing these things, writing children's books, and we're getting on board with it. We're on Trump's dick, and we're a Christian." <laughs> It's almost, it almost makes like the revelation story kind of true. Like, like the shit I used to believe, like dispensationalist, left behind kind of stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, maybe it was true. And there's, they're aligning themselves with empire and this guy who's the savior. He's like the second Mm -hmm. Jesus. He's King Cyrus. Mm -hmm. He panders to you. He doesn't give a shit about Christianity. And I'm not saying he should. Like, like I think, but the true Christianity, or he's just pandering to evangelicals. And all of them are like, yay, uh-huh. post this shit online. Franklin Graham, uh, fucking Falwell Jr., yeah. like all those motherfuckers. I'm just like, damn, this is some revelation type shit. They don't care about global warming. They don't care. They don't seem to give a shit about the poor. But everything does seem to be coming together. Like, if you want to talk about it's the apocalyptic. Earth- if you want to talk about the earth being in what, what was it, birth pains or was Ooh. that the analogy? No, I, mean, I mean, if, I mean, climate change. And then if, yeah, and around that same time, you know, the Antichrist comes about. <laughs> right. I have no problem calling Trump the Antichrist. <laughs> in that way, many, many, in many ways, yeah. I mean, just a surface level definition, Antichrist, yeah. Trump yeah. is definitely yeah antichrist <laughs> definitely. I always I always find it funny like if you read Revelation in like the old school method like not old school method but old school from my life like the dispensationalist left behind method which is not old school eighteen thirty 
was when that uh-huh. show was developed. Um, it's like, if you think these events are really going to come about, how else would they come about but through global warming? Yeah, exactly. What do you, what World exactly starvation, do you expect it to look like? War. Yeah. And it's like people who are like, Obama's the Antichrist. I'm like, no, if I just read the book through that dispensational lens, the Antichrist is really who deceives all the Christians, all the right people. Like, it, it's like the guy mm-hmm. who's like, the, I heard someone say, I can't remember who, but the Antichrist doesn't come from outside the church. The Antichrist comes through the, the church. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, shit. I never, I never thought about it specifically. Yeah, like that's kind of true. Like, that's... Yeah, that's a good way of reading it. That's more accurate. If you want to be in that mindset. It, <laughs> it's sobering. I'm well, not I'm not going to be a left behind. I mean, the, the irony is just kind of chilling. The irony is chilling, yes. Yes, it is. It's very chilling. It's very chilling. Which brings us to our topic. The devil. The devil. <laughs> Speaking of chilling... We're going to talk about the devil. In the last show, uh, we talked about the devil. And uh, was it Wilson? Jonathan Wilson asked the question, is is weed the devil's lettuce? And we got on a little bit of a tangent regarding what the devil is. And, you know, what do you mean by the devil? And, and, and Mike, you said that you don't believe in the devil as a um, distinct ontological figure. I agreed. Mm-hmm. I've said as much in Heretic. And I had Adam Erickson write an afterword on the devil in All Set Free, which you wrote the wrote the forward. Got mm-hmm. it. Yes, your first publication ever. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, were you excited about that? Yeah, and then when our book got published, I was a little bit more excited. A little more excited. That's right. Yeah. There's nothing like the first time though. There's just right. something about like, oh my god. My net, my next first time will be like a, you know, solo effort. Yeah, there you go. You'll get there. You write some fiction. I see you writing a fiction eventually. Yeah, I've wrote, I've written, written, uh, written, <laughs> written. I'll be your editor. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give it to you first, but I'd be offended if you didn't. To be honest with you, I'll pay you in weed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How far are you? You you written some? I mean, technically, yes. I mean, a couple right. paragraphs. There you go. That's where it starts. It's it's the seed. You know, I, I got something to work with there now. There you go. You got a jumping off place. That's the most important part. So good for you. I'll be excited to be a part of that. Folk yeah. show. Yeah. But today we were talking about the, the good old devil. And there's, um, man, when you talk about the devil, there's a thousand different ways you can go. Really. It's really, um, if you think about it, what's the uh, point one? Whatever you say the devil is. I think it's an explanation for evil. It's a theodicy. I like that. And and I think yeah. all of our biggest questions in life really probably come down to suffering, evil. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah. You know, if we didn't have all that, I don't think we'd have the questions we have and the discussions we have. I think it's the... It's, I mean, it's the contrast that uh, creates the question. Mm. Well, like, Sure. Yeah. Supposedly, we have this really good God, and we can see all these good things in creation. Sure, but then you have this evil, this stuff, this right. stuff that's, you know, anti-good. Like, right. how did this stuff get in here? Right. What's uh, up with this? The yeast and or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the tares in the wheat. Right. The the chaff in the wheat. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I think that's that's first and foremost when we're talking about the devil. I think we're really talking about evil. Why does evil exist? And man, there's so many conversations about that. So many conversations about that. And then, then you can go the historical route, and you notice the same thing. A devil figure props up in religion, ancient religion in the ancient Near East, not with Judaism, but with Zoroastrianism, but probably other small tribal places. And you get a figure that is responsible for evil. Because you're talking theological questions. And, and when we talk theology, it's like, we're asking the questions like, how does God relate to us? What are we talking about God? How does he relate to us? Uh, we can only talk in relation to us. But then all this bad shit happens. And we have to try to explain. How does a good God allow this? Is God responsible for it? Is God enabled to stop it? 
And if you've got, you know, yeah, so we have this, and then we develop these ideas, one of which was the devil, the opposite of God. Do you think when the devil was, when did the devil become a specific entity in Christianity? Do you know? In Christianity? Well, it started with Judaism. So, and they have a borrowed idea of a, a personal devil. And, so, but it doesn't start as the opposite of God. It, it actually starts with a part of God, a part of the God council. And then he gets kicked out, right? That's one narrative. Yeah. Because, b- because their theology develops. Like, they, I don't think they have that at the start. I think their initial view is, is that of like, like Job 1 and 2. Where God is, or, uh, this, I mean, God, the devil is like walking around the earth looking for people to prosecute, to prosecute, because he was uh, in the council of God. He was the prosecuting attorney, so he's among the council, and this is okay. his role. And then when you get to the New Testament, you get to Jesus. He's opposed to God. So how do you? Because their theology had changed, and to have to have this evil figure, this figure that creates evil is tough to have amongst the council of gods or later when Judaism becomes monotheistic, just God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When he's in a council, it makes more sense when you have just God and there's no such thing as a council any longer and there's still evil. Then we have to have a transition. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I understand it. That's like a, you know, elevator pitch historical survey. Yeah, dang. I like that. Yeah. Which is, I think, why the devil is so opposed to the mission of Jesus in the New Testament. They'd already, they'd already worked from a view where there's a bunch of gods and a council of gods and a whole hierarchy, kind of like the Silmarillion. <laughs> like, there's all these different layers of um, metaphysical beings. <laughs> and then you get to a view where there's only one god, but there's still an opposition to God because just look around you. So now we have to have mm-hmm. a, diff- a little different story. So how do we get there? But I'm of the belief that there's no such thing as the devil in terms of an actual ontological creature. That that's where I'm at. Taking into consideration all the theological develop and development and my study of philosophy and my study of metaphysics and things like that. Yeah. No, it definitely seems like uh, like an evil spirit would be in the more, uh, you know, general sense, like when when you get a crowd together and you get the overall sense that, you know, there's evil running through this crowd. There you go. There's a, uh, everybody is in the spirit of evil. There uh, you go. Yes. That would be my nuancing. That was a brilliant response. Because I will say you. it almost takes on a spirit of its own when you get people together. Well, it's like the mob crowd. I mean, right. exactly. s- something happens when you get a bunch of people together. Yes. And it's not always good. No. <laughs> but it wouldn't happen unless you got, you know, a bunch of people together. Right. Right. I almost like, I don't like, the, I don't, I'm not going to watch The Passion of the Christ again. I've never seen it. You and I won't. Okay. I'm but I'll, so I, I can give spoiler alerts. It's been 10 yeah, years in a lot or 15 or whatever. It, when I mean, you know the passion narrative. Jesus goes to Jerusalem and blah, blah, blah. All mm-hmm. this shit goes down. And you take the Gospels and you try to weave one narrative. Let's say what really happened. In the midst is like a, a devil figure who has his hood over his head. And he's like lurking in the background. And he's always there. I don't, I don't even think he talks. If he talks, it's very minimal. I can't remember. But to me, that represents what is actually going on with the people there. The people who welcome Jesus in, the mob of people who like sing Hosanna, Hosanna, he comes in the name of the Lord or whatever they say, and they're waving palms, Palm Sunday, all that kind of stuff. It's the same crowd who turns on him later and says, crucify him, crucify him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's to me what I see the devil figure as. If you want to have a devil figure, yeah, it does take a spirit of its own on when anthropologically we come together and we demand this justice that we have and we accuse others we become quick to judge hmm. we get caught up in this whole right i mean because it, if it's just you where who where does the judgment fit in i mean 
Yeah, it's me against you. If it's just you and me on an island, who's going to pronounce judgment? Me against, it's me against you, like we'll battle. It's when you get groups together that can all say you. Right, when you have, yeah, some sort some sort of democracy. When <laughs> <laughs> Yes, democracy is dangerous. This is a dangerous thing to say in America. Democracy can be dangerous when you understand the anthropology and the psychology behind a mob mentality. Which is the devil. That's what I think it is. That's what you get in Job. You ever read Job? I know you don't read the Bible. I think in bits and pieces I've probably yeah. listened to the whole book of Job. Yeah. But never. <laughs> What's interesting never in Job is you have like, just looking at it through like the historical critical method, you have Job 1 and 2, which is its own little thing. And that's that conversation between God and the devil, Satan. Yeah. And then you have poems 3, chapter 3 through 37. And those are all the poems that were written probably at a different time. And then you have a little um, epilogue at the end with God and Satan again. The Satan figure, I think, comes back in the last chapter. Mm -hmm. And so these different uh, bookends on what Job is. But when you get to the heart of the matter in the poems, you notice the devil, if you want to think about this allegorically, there's no devil figure in there. But the mechanism is there. When all this bad shit's happening to Job and the friends come to, to come to his aid... And they have good intentions and they want to point out that, that Job is, well, maybe you did some shit that's wrong. This is why this bad stuff's happening to you. And then it later gets to where Job like, like withheld, uh, money from widows or food or something. Like they get to very specific accusations about what Job was doing. He wasn't doing that. And then the whole community comes to around against Job and Job's basically on his own. That is what I see them saying in the first two chapters, that's what Satan is. The Satan is spawned by chapters 3 through 37 when the whole community comes against one another and starts accusing. It becomes a mob mentality against this one person. That makes me want to read it more. I mean, like... I think it's one of my favorite books in the the Hebrew scriptures. I know that if I just, you know, listen to somebody that understood literature... You know, yeah. because I know that, you know, the Bible is a great piece of literature. Totally. I just don't, I don't know why. <laughs> and I, I got distracted with, you know, other things. Yeah. Eastern religions and stuff like that. Which are great too. I mean, yeah, duh. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, they come at things with different angles <clears throat> because they have a different context and they have different experiences. I mean, I liked it because it seems a little bit more direct i mean i know you can get into you know esoteric stuff with Mm -hmm. but when it gets boiled down through people like alan watts i mean that's a pretty direct you know uh useful way of you know applying buddhism to your own life yeah um which i think is all it's what it's all about i mean how does anything we talk about apply to our own life i mean if it doesn't apply to your own life i mean i I would say that it's spiritually not that important. Not that important at all. <laughs> no. Which is why I can't stand like the uh, traditional evangelical way of approaching like even the Old Testament. You know, if you want to be like they always talk about back then and God did this back then and this was here and da, 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 and I'm like, well, how does that relate to my own life? Which is ironically like what the scriptures and Christian tradition are all about. Like how does God relate to us now? Which is why they they always seem to allow, if you read the Bible faithfully, <laughs> you'll notice this trajectory of how does God relate to us now? And how do we say these things? And then all of a sudden, we can't do that anymore. That question is forbidden amongst certain circles. How does God relate to me now, though? You can tell me what this book said. How does that apply to my life now? How does that impact me today? How does that change the questions I ask of God or can you even ask questions of God? And you're saying there's some circles where you can't do that. Oh, totally. Really? You don't think so? Well, Oh, well, I'm just guessing that there's, that they're out there. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly can't think of who, I mean, I guess, shoot. I mean, I guess, well, within the evangelical, uh, circle, I mean, that is kind of their, ethos right it's all about faith you don't yeah um you don't question god 
Or say no to God. Even if, even if you don't understand why that should apply to your life, you know, you still take it on faith that you should do this thing. That you should do this thing, yeah. Like, you, you read the Bible just because, you know, Jesus told you to read the scriptures. Like, totally. But, but seriously, like, I mean, and obviously I would say, <laughs> well, I'll just throw this out there. I think I'm feeling that if if you don't know why you should do something, then maybe you shouldn't do it. But I don't think I truly believe that. I mean, I think I think it's obviously okay to take things on authority. Like if if you look up to these people, um, you know, you look at their life and things seem to be going well for them, and they tell you to do this thing that you don't understand why you should do it, well, maybe you should just do it because they've been right before, like they've never let yeah. you down before. But to know that, you'd have to question them at some point. To know if they've been right before, you have to judge that and weigh that. Right. So don't take everything on authority. Take everything with a grain of salt, maybe. Well, I would say at least test everything out that they say. Definitely. Like they've been right before, so yeah, try it. Should, uh test it out yeah um, see if it works see i mean it sticks. yeah and the trying the testing it is in the trying it sure i mean obviously but yeah yes that is good wisdom for people to hopefully glean something from i thought so when i tried the devil out i had a terrible <laughs> go at things <laughs> i'll say that the devil's lettuce or well that too no i had a good go at things with the devil's <laughs> lettuce um so much so that I will happily say that this isn't this isn't a surprise that I smoke weed. <laughs> That's true. But the actual devil, my go at the devil and testing it out was terrifying. I had some crazy stories, man, where I did some crazy shit because of my belief in hell, the devil, demons, all that kind of shit. Oh, just experientially, yes. Believing that the devil exists as a yeah, as like I, a took it, I took it on authority yeah. that he did. For he, like 25 years, right? Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, two decades, a solid yeah. two decades. Uh, yeah, I, I, I go to 25 because it's loosely my mid-20s that I started. It's hard to always pinpoint when you switch a belief about something. Yeah. The, yeah. the line is always blurred or grayed. Uh, so I say, 20, yeah, 25 years. My, my harshest were my early years. When I had a young, impressionable, creative mind. <laughs> and the devil was lurking around every corner. And yeah, I had some crazy fucking shit happen. Just psychologically. I had night terrors. I had this one instance where my I think my mom's still convinced that I was demon-possessed in some way. And I will say that in one way I will say that I was, allegorically. We would have a different definition of demonology. But, but I realized it's the belief in something that manifests manifests it as true almost and you experience the effects of it was i demon possessed when i was screaming like shit from like there's snakes and like running around the house in well, one way yeah I, I was possessed by some something what was that the belief in something i would say yeah in that specific perspective yes it's very important in what you believe but yeah. in other ways it's not important what you believe in in yeah of course Everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> is belief important? No. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Hell yes yeah. and fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In some instances, <laughs> fuck no. In some instances, yeah, fuck yes. Yes. That's wisdom. That is wisdom. Does the devil exist? No. But of course. But yes, of course. <laughs> there you go. Does Thanos exist? No, of course Thanos doesn't exist. But he's right kind on that, of, that piece of paper. But kind of. <laughs> if you believe something like Thanos exists or Zeus, then that you can't deny that that's some kind of existence. Some is, and it fundamentally changes the world around us. It's Which, like yeah, it's crazy. People will say that there's no such thing as a world where, like, there's a man in the moon. But no, there is a case where there's a world 
that a man ex- a man exists on the moon. All That's right. the kind of world that we live in. This is the kind of world we live in. Does Frodo exist? He, absolutely. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, see? Yes, 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 yes. The Sauron exists. No, of course not. This is stupid. But, of course. And he makes... He plays a very big role in a very good story, which I will dork out on until the day I die, and hopefully far beyond. Do you think he could beat Stephen Colbert? Who? <laughs> Sauron versus Who? Stephen Colbert? Uh, as far as uh, <laughs> dorking out? No. No, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. He's next level shit. Okay. okay. No, Colbert's next level shit on Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because he, didn't he actually have a part in The Hobbit? I don't know. Probably. I think he did. I'd call him a I'd call him a Tolkien scholar. Or no, a, a Middle Earth scholar. Yeah. That's what I that's what I thought. I don't know anyone who I'm sure someone knows more about Middle Earth than he. Maybe someone in the Tolkien family. Right. But he's right. at the table. You feel May, me? Maybe in the <laughs> Tolkien family. Maybe. I come to the after party. I get the signature. That's as much as I know. Like I'm not at the party. I'm not in the green room. I think Tol- uh Colbert's in the green room. If you catch my meaning. To quote Sam. Oh yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Get my you mean, you mean the green dragon. No yeah, oh yeah, the green room, the green dragon. There you go. Yes. I would hope I'd be allowed I'd be on the guest list of the green dragon. But I wouldn't sit at the dork table. I'd be a, a wallflower just at the end. I, I would be lucky if I got in. Like You'd be outside waiting in line all night? I, I'm right I'm right on the line. I, I Either one wouldn't surprise me. You got a plus one, I'll get you in. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we get on the Lord of the Rings? It's just how much we love the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I mean, how much does Sauron exist? Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So when it comes to the devil, there you go, bring it back. The devil exists and doesn't. Of course, there's not a devil walking around <laughs> doing shit. In the demigod kind of way? No. 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 In the, in the Zoroastrian way, which is where Judaism initially borrowed the idea. Kind of like God, but just powerful as God, but only just, like, not quite, is what I mean. Gotcha. Like, a point one step below. It's the epic, eternal battle. Maybe good wins in the end. Good chance that... But, yeah, demigod. Um, it's It's the ultimate fucking... Epic one-on-one battle, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like Yoda and Darth Sidious or Palpatine. You know, it's like or Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I, I never fucked with that shit, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, why? I never got into the comic stuff. I don't know why. Okay. I, can't. I mean, so like, I mean, have you seen Iron Man? I think the original. I don't remember. And it, and it was just it, it was just okay. I never got into it. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I mean obviously. I know Thanos. No worries. I know kind of his story. Yeah, I mean I he would be I would equate Thanos roughly to uh, Odin perhaps. Okay. I mean right. if we're talking about demigod okay. type of people on a similar plane to the devil in Christianity or the god of Pretty damn Noah's close. <laughs> Not quite, but pretty damn close. Yeah? Something similar? Gandalf. I mean, he has the power of creation in his hand, essentially. Like, oh, okay. once he gets that, uh, I don't know it that well either. But once he gets his little glove with yeah. all of its little diamonds in it. And all the gems. <laughs> yeah. And he can, you know, snap his finger and yeah. half the people disappear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The god of Noah's flood. Yeah, I mean, same idea. <laughs> yeah. <Whoops. laughs> yeah, that's an interesting take. It's weird what we say theologically about what God is like, and you're like, oh. In some of these comic books, he's Thanos, or Palpatine, mm-hmm. or Vader, <laughs> or even Sauron. It's like, oh, that's weird. That's an interesting take. I'd say those are more akin to what we think the devil is, but they're all analogies. I don't know. I think even in the, in the Bible, like it's all an analogy for how do we explain this bad shit. And to your understanding, that was the intent when they were originally written? 
This is how I think so. Yeah, like the authors, they were thinking they looked at life and Mm -hmm. then they wrote an analogy saying, Mm -hmm. "Well, this is kind of what it's like." Yeah, this Um, is simplistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Like Genesis is about. We don't believe what the Babylonians believe. We think God is good. We don't think God creates through violence. We think God creates. How did we get here? And then you get Genesis two or one through creation, and then two through eleven. Why this flood happened, which maybe there was this big event that happened, <laughs> but why do we have so much evil? Why are our cities filled with violence? Why are we so corrupt? So how do we explain this? Oh, a snake. There's this creature and, yeah, you know. So yeah, you look around your current context and you say, we definitely believe God is good. So why is this shit happening? I think that's a lot of what the Bible is. That might be a lot of what Buddhism is, too. That's why they have four noble truths and all of all involves suffering. Why is all this shit happening? It seems more, like I said before, Buddhism just seems more directly practical. It talks about it in more... Uh, there's not, like, as many uh, Thors or devils or... Yeah. But again, that's... I mean, this is just... I don't actually really know the source material all yeah. that well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm getting all of my stuff through a, a Western lens. Yeah. Um, and I think you're getting it all through a more enlightened view of things. Yeah. There are fundamentalist yeah, sure. Buddhists or Hindus. Yeah. No, that's no, that's an important pushback. It's not like you, there's liberalism and conservatism through like every religion. Sure. Like, Sure. Yeah. If you grew up as a fundamentalist Muslim and then you grew, or you grew up as a very um, nuanced Sufi, you're going to have a different worldview. So if you want to use the Islam lens. So, yeah. If you grew up reading Teresa of Avila or Thomas Merton in the Christian <laughs> camp, or you grew up reading Franklin Graham, John Piper, Mark Driscoll, it's going to and you went to Stephen Anderson's church or Robert Jeffress's church. <laughs> yeah. Your shit's going to be different. Your shit's going to be way different. Your view of everything is going to be different. Right. So your Teresa of Avila is going to have more in common with Alan Watts. Totally. Than, uh, I think so. Than she will with, you know, John Piper. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. On everything. Theology. What it means to be human. The devil, heaven, hell, kingdom of God, kingdom of quote unquote man, <laughs> all this different. It's going to be way different. I think it's going to be more aligned with. That's a crazy thing about this whole existence is that we can have our faith tradition, but we'll align when we get to a certain point in our spiritual journey. If we journey far enough, we'll realize it doesn't matter which direction you came from. You can come from the Buddhist direction, or the Hindu direction, or the mm-hmm. Sufi direction. And when we get to a certain point, we'll be able like, we'll sit around the bonfire and say like, oh, that makes sense. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're just heading towards the, you know, metaphorical, you know, center of the circle, like right. everybody starts from a different perspective within yep. the circle. Yeah. But as long as you're traveling to the center, you know, the center being Enlightenment. perfect knowledge, I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. you want to... Mm-hmm self-actualization however you want to put it as long as you get there <laughs> yeah, as yeah. long as you're heading it headed in the same direction yeah. it doesn't matter right but when you're more on the outside of circle you're so far away from other people and you think so differently and you're like, oh they can't be yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't be correct because look what i'm at i'm on this angle of the circle this person's <laughs> 85 degrees yeah clockwise around this angle around the circle and they're so far apart they can't be correct and the more you journey, totally. you realize you come together. Yeah, the closer you get, so, the more enlightened you are, the more you see the simula- similarities of, you know, other religions. Right. Because you're closer. And then you can appreciate <laughs> the differences and yeah. allow space for the differences, too. That's just as key. Yes, that's a lovely analogy. We might have to explore that a little bit more. We may have to explore that. We just did. Just don't steal our shit. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Bonfire sessions. 
2019, <laughs> November. No, that's some good shit, man. Well, because then you can realize if you want to take it back to like the devil, you can realize that, yeah, I appreciate the devil in Judaism. I appreciate where they were on their trajectory <laughs> toward the inner of the circle. I can see why they got to that place. I can see why why it developed. You can appreciate people's journeys, too. Knowing where where they started from? Yeah. Totally. If you understand where somebody's starting point is, yeah, that that help, that adds a lot into oh, your ability man. to understand, Definitely. to be empathetic. Definitely. That's why I can't... <laughs> I hate the position that Trump is in, but... I get it. He had a pretty shitty, you know, starting position. Like <laughs> spiritually, I can judge. I can judge the position, but I can't judge the dot. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. That's why I like the Bible. Like, I understand where they're coming from, and I appreciate the fact that they allow for the conversation to happen, the journey to happen, which is what I see the Bible as. Like, I see where you. I see where you came from, where you're going, and how you got there. Appreciate that for. And you wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Definitely not. No. So, definitely appreciate that. As they say in science, you stand on the shoulders of greats. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's that should be one of the points in the, the key points of wisdom. I think mm-hmm. something like that. You have standing on the shoulders of giants, and then you have things can exist in many different ways. Hmm. Yes. Oh, Does Sauron exist? Yes. Yes. Does he? Hell no. No. <laughs> yes. Everything is gray, man. Everything is gray. I'm glad, but at the same time, I'm glad Sauron exists. It makes for a great story. Come on now. I don't know if I can go so far as to say I'm glad Satan exists, but in a way, like, there's some point to this life. There's some point to this type of existence. And if I had to change it for anything, I don't know if I would. No. Well, I and think maybe I agreed to it before I even was incarnated, right? Maybe I'll just agreed to this, but we're we just <laughs> we're like some sort of eternal being that we're like, yeah, let's try this out and see what happens. Like, okay, it's gonna get crazy. All right, let's do it. Would you change the whole thing? Yeah, it sucks in the meantime sometimes, but well, I think if you if you had the knowledge that, um, can I give an analogy where I think you're gone? Oh, please. If everyone becomes a force ghost, those blue little figures that they happen when they die. Okay. Is that bad? Is it bad what's going on right now at the end? I mean, no. Not necessarily. I mean, you don't know what, uh, you know, sensation, what sensations they're experiencing. Right. I think a lot gets lost in translation. Like, I I don't really have any way of knowing if... Like a a chimpanzee. What a chimpanzee feels like? Well, I mean, I, I, I sorry. I think I have, I think I have a pretty good idea that humans are more intelligent. I guess my point would be, I, I don't, I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that the the joys of being human is any better than the joys of being like a fruit fly. <laughs> like maybe not. Maybe they don't have to answer these questions. Like, is all better. is all the self consciousness? Is it really worth it? I think in the end, it kind of is. Do you think it? I don't know. I think I, I would like to take a break from it for a while. Yeah. Like just to have the live in the simplicity of what a, I'll just say a bird experiences. Experiences. They don't have to ask the question of what it, what is the devil. <laughs> they don't have to ask all these questions. Which, they're just trying to find food, and I would say that they're probably not even worried about finding food. They're no. just trying to find it. So yeah, they're just so in the moment. Are animals yeah. more woke than we are? Is that what you're saying? Do animals worry? Um, maybe not until uh, the tippy top, like with dolphins. And <laughs> maybe. I think maybe dolphins might worry. It's just that. Do they ask about a demon, devil, dolphin? I don't know. The only thing that makes me wonder is this i mean they, they have bigger brains than we do and yeah. you know a bunch <laughs> there just might be a bunch that we're missing in their communication and how they show their intelligence would they would they ask the question well why does all this bad shit happen to us is there a devil is there a god 
What is God like? He's like a big dolphin. No, I think it's I think it's bigger than that. I think the point is that it's a it's a genuine question. Like I think possibly they might. Maybe. Maybe maybe they do. But does an ant? No. Does a bird? Probably no. But does a dolphin? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Reminds me of this gorilla that I saw, and he was just sitting there with his, he was like Socrates, sitting there with his <laughs> face on his face. I was like, what's this motherfucking thinking about? And he's asking all these questions, and maybe that's only what a pothead asks. I would put my money on no, but not definitely no. Why are all these motherfuckers looking at me? Why am I in this cave? <laughs> this, this is some shit. <laughs> he's just deep as fuck. Does that mean there's some sort of evil? I I would bet that no, but I don't know. I don't know. What would you think of that? Like people even back in like when the Bible was written or when the Buddha lived, like what were all these motherfuckers thinking? Right. Do you think the... Or if you go back farther than that, like 15,000 years, like... Do you think the conversation has evolved or is it all basically the same? (laughs) Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Who the fuck knows, man? There's an evolution of thought. We can't help but be a product of our time. But there's always been liberals, there's always been conservatives. In one way or another, probably. There's always been Stoics. <laughs> probably. They just developed the ideas and then made it something. And wrote some books. They just wrote some shit a long time ago. No, I kinda yeah, that makes sense. We're still writing shit now. Wonder what people are going to think in a hundred thousand years. What the fuck were they saying? Well, they said some stupid shit, but. But I think I think there's always going to be conservatives and liberals. Totally, definitely. Well, but let me let me look at it this way. There's always going to be people that, you know, are they get enchanted by spells, by words and stuff. Hmm. Otherwise known as your fundamentalists. You think they'll always always be fundamentalists? Yeah. You think we'll never evolve out of that? My guess is no. I, I don't know why I say that, but that would be my guess. Yeah. Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Probably, though. You're probably right. Seems I mean, because, as the Bible says, you know, the rain falls on both the wicked and the righteous. So I think that means to say that until the very end of this age, there's always going to be the fundamentalists, otherwise known as the evil ones. <laughs> 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 or the chaff, if you like. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. Just trying to live right now. When you when you live right now, these concepts kind of go away. It, their importance, like I don't think I, I don't think they do go away though. I do think I do think that learning is important. That it always it's always going to color how you experience the present moment. True. Yeah, they probably don't go away entirely, but you start to hold well, on to them. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's where, that's why concepts are important. Yeah. Not because they exist, but because they help you see more clearly what's going on mm-hmm. in this present moment. like And communicate with those around you. Right. Right? Yeah. Or, I mean, I think it, could you get to the concept, could you get to a re- reality of, universal love without the concept of universal love i think you still could but to put it into words you you'd need the concept i mean this is how we would talk about it if we had to put it into into words and i think there's a benefit to talking about it i like sharing that idea with you it's no it's right it's always fun just to talk about stuff right it's it's fun to point out what you see Mm -hmm. in life right i mean joy is multiplied or whatever and when you're in somebody else else's company whatever yeah. whatever the formula is. yeah yeah that's definitely true so I, I like the devil as a concept i think it's a good concept i think i think it can point to something but is it the reality of something no not necessarily well i think the point is is that this is how i think it's the contrast like that's where you don't have good unless you have evil i mean you don't understand that something is really good unless you have the concept of something that is really bad. Yeah. 
and I think part of the joy of life is being appreciative of sure. like, yeah, maybe this present moment isn't too exciting, but at least we're not like in a war torn country. Right. Like, like peace is nice. I mean, it, yeah. And it's nice to appreciate peace. Right. How do you appreciate peace unless you understand that it could be worse? Sure. Sure. And I don't, I think that's not nothing. Like, no. I think that that's definitely, uh, an added joy that humans have that, you know, maybe right. even the chimpanzee doesn't have. I maybe. Know. Yeah. It's probably all conjecture, but it's fun to talk about. <laughs> Makes sense to me, at yeah. least. Totally. Totally. So, I'm ready to wrap it up. Me too. But it's about to be Thanksgiving. What's one thing you're thankful for in this Thanksgiving season? I am thankful for you and for my wife. All right. And family. <laughs> yeah, I'd be thankful for the same thing. I'm thankful for my wife, for you. Thankful for my daughter. Mm-hmm. It's all about relationships, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, obviously I could be thankful for having shit, but... Oh, I, I totally love the Switch I just got. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, in some way. In some way. It's, it's, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Be thankful for what you have in this life. That's the takeaway. No matter what you believe, be thankful. Be grateful. I think being grateful fundamentally changes how you see the world. So... Be grateful. But, uh, be totally selfish and be totally thankful. <laughs> for all the billions of dollars you have. For being the greatest. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you all have a thanks. Uh, wait, when's this coming out? This will be right after Thanksgiving. But, uh, Mike, in the present, have a good Thanksgiving. To Thank our lovely you. listeners, I hope you had a, thanks- a good Thanksgiving. And uh, we will see you on episode 32. Love you all. And... Uh, as always, please do not be a dick. Or if you have to be, just be a micro dick. Be a micro dick. But please suck dick. <laughs> you think that's offensive? Is that of the devil? To our listeners, no. 